he hit me after two minutes. And I literally flew. I was sitting next to some old lady in Rosette. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It was like, <laughs> like you just been on the pitch. He <laughs> <laughs> went, calm down. It's not football. It's a full-scale war. Oh, <laughs> Keep it going. Yeah, I'm just picking you up right now. <laughs> Should we just close it there? That's a wrap. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Sohel Var here, footballer, content creator with Ben and Josh, founders of Activity. And today we got a special guest on So Close, So Var. We got Dale Gordon. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much. Quick recap before we get into the details of it. So career began at the age of eight. That's when you joined Norwich City, Norwich City Hall of Famer who at the age of 17 made your debut and then finished fifth and fourth in the top division, Mm -hmm. which is massive. Won two league titles and two Scottish Cups for Rangers following your 1.25 million transfer from Norwich. Keep it going. I'm just picking you up right now. (laughs) Should we just close it there? (laughs) That's a wrap. (laughs) No, we all all obviously did a bit of research here saying, I know Del Gordon, Dubai. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, when I started doing a bit more research behind you, I was taken aback behind how impressive your playing career was. Mm. I've heard bits and pieces and stuff, but I haven't looked at like your league debut at 17 against yeah. Liverpool, 3-3. I was like, even looking in depth, I think Kenny Daglish was in that game. Yeah, I, I, Kenny Douglas was did play that game, scored an absolute worldie as yeah. well. A typical <laughs> Douglish goal as well, the edge of the box, just, you know, outside of his, his right foot. Yeah. And curled it top bins against Chris Woods, who at that time was the understudy to Peter Shilton as goalkeeper, you know, as England goalkeeper. Yeah. So an incredible debut, but also as well a build up to the game as well. I remember because I was, um, like you mentioned, like an eight year old. Um, if we rewind that again, the local rivals of Ipswich and Norwich, and, and as a kid, I was always playing with uh, you know teams that were maybe two or three years above me on age, you know. Um, Dad was a professional cyclist as well um, back um, in South South America, and so he's had that sort of like foresight profession. And I was I, I was a little bit different to the boy next door, you know. Um, every day on the on the on the, the local park, every day in the back garden, smashing my mum's windows and everything like <laughs> terrible, you know. I mean, new panes of glass, and everything. But moving on from there, yeah. So then then joined Norwich as a schoolboy. And then went through that whole uh, transition from schoolboy to, um, they call it differently now, not scholars, but it's like yeah. apprentice. Um, you know, in them days, you had to go go to the ground, the main ground after uh, a match day and go and sweep the stands and clean yeah. the showers and do this and do that. Do you that. miss that? Do you think those values should be instilled in kids um, now? Yeah, to a point, yeah, because I think that, that there's, the money is so vast in the, in the game at the moment. And I think, you know, that they're so protected and I think, you know, you, you only have to look and you hear through social media and, and different platforms that, you know, even children as young as sort of like seven or eight are getting signed and, and money's have been yeah. thrown around. It's, it's, it's incredible. Um, there was still that sort of side of it when I was playing, like the, you know, the <laughs> money in the brown paper bag under the table, that sort of stuff. And um, it happened with me as well. I remember when, as I um, signed schoolboy forms for Norwich, um, it was touch and go. Um, funny enough, this particular club is in in the news at the moment and uh, uh, the manager before Ken Brown took over was a guy called John Bond and John Bond and uh, John Sainty as well who and a guy called John Benson uh, who was the youth team um, scout for Norwich City they all left from Norwich and then went to Manchester Man City, City. Uh, uh, Man City previously had signed uh, a guy called Kevin Reed for one million um, and Man City wanted my, my signature as well as a 14-year-old, as well as Ipswich, so did Arsenal, West Ham. There was a number of clubs. But because obviously it wasn't just about Dale Gordon, I have, I have, I've got an older brother and two sisters as well, and obviously the family, tight-knit family, we didn't, want to, didn't really want to move from, from yeah, East okay. Anglia as well, Trump. you know, it's a, it's a sort of sleepy East Anglia. Just on um, that, just yeah. sorry to interrupt you, but for that Man City offer, again, having mm. done a bit of digging, Yeah, Man City offers 
your family, but for Dale Gordon, £35,000 and a house to relocate to Manchester. That's correct, yes. And again, because your dad had his set up and his job in, in, uh, you know, where you were, he didn't make that move across. Um, But I was kind of open it up to everyone Mm. because you hear these crazy stories that, you know, kids are getting signed up from the age of six and eight. Parents are offered, like, we'll refurbish your kitchen and everything. What would be the craziest add-on or you know what would be that thing that you'd want included you know as a parent for example you know for a younger Remy your son mm. if you offered 35,000 pounds plus something what would mm. be that thing that puts it over the edge for you oh wow, wow. and again for you guys as well it, what is it like it need to be something you need to have that security as well it needs to be worthwhile I don't know if it's a job for yourself or something like that because yeah a house is all well and good and the money's great but at yeah. the end of the day that's going to run out and you'll have a roof over your head but you need to be yeah. I think you need to have a job somehow I think it was. Just, they remember the story with Gaza as well. I think that when the whole thing with Gaza with with, with Manchester United and Spurs, um, and then speaking to Alex Ferguson, Terry Venables, and I think there was there was a time when they were talking about talking about a house and a car. And my dad wants a car. And my mum wants a house. His sister wanted a sunbed. Do you know what I mean? It's crazy. Yeah, I know. But um, yeah, listen. I, I think. I think it's just security, isn't it? I think if anything was an add-on, it's just security for your family because, like I said, it's not just about that individual, it's about your brothers and sisters. And also, as well, moving away from the environment. We're talking so many, 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 many years ago, and um, whereas Norfolk has always been a difficult place to get to anyway, you know, transport-wise. And um, I think that, um, you know, it it, it was a hard... it It wasn't really a difficult decision because then when that happened... Um, Norwich then, you know, sort of, sort of returned with a with a counter offer. So, but they've done it down a legal way, <laughs> so they've done illegal, illegally given <laughs> a brown paper bag. So, um, and set up a uh, an endowment policy for me when I was fourteen through to I was twenty four, um, which was which was nice, you know. So, unfortunately, I didn't see the full ten years because obviously I moved from from Norwich. But um, I actually forgot about the money in the account. Actually, so <laughs> <laughs> I need to go back and get that. Well, before we continue, obviously, with your more first team career, I'm interested mm. to know, obviously, how it was growing up. And I've got some crazy things. Obviously, you mentioned yeah. about the um, the rivalry between Norwich and Ipswich. Mm. You grew up as a staunch Ipswich uh, yes. town fan. Yeah. And is it true that as part of your trial at Norwich City, you arrived wearing the yeah. Ipswich town kit? Yeah, I remember it was, not, it was the 78 team. The 78 team Ipswich was, was phenomenal. They were, you know, as a group, managed under Bobby Robson, the great Bobby Robson. And they, yeah. you know, they... Um, you know, I mean, obviously, the other talk sport radio station in the UK with Alan Brazil, who runs the breakfast show, yeah. he was yeah. there. Paul Mariner, Eric Gates, you know, Mickey Mills. Um, they had Tyson and, and, and Arnold Muren. And it was just Paul Cooper in goal. Just an incredible, credible team. How did Norwich take that when they see but, a little Dale Gordon? Well, in it, was, it, was the, it was the 78 Cup final when they beat Arsenal 1-0. Osborne, it was, I always remember it. It was, it was like, get us down the right side. He, he, he's, he, he knocked it in. Willie Young stuck our left foot out, Osborne 1-0, it's, it's, it's famous, you know, and mm-hmm. um, we played in a, a school cup final, we won 5-0, I scored a hat-trick, I scored straight from a corner, and then, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was like, and then Ken Brown, who was the assistant manager at the time, obviously, um, before he then got the, took the role on as manager when John Bond left, um, we was invited in as the whole team, the whole school team went, and um, I turned up in the, 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 the famous blue and white yeah. outside a training ground called <laughs> Trouse Training Ground just on a little wooden bench in my Ipswich Town kit and then John Bond came up with a big cigar <laughs> and he got out of the car and went well, hang on a minute mate you should be the wrong training ground you know what I mean and I just <laughs> and, and, and I just I just hit it off straight away and, and um, yeah I didn't wear that kit ever again to be honest with you you Fair know enough. so um, but no great it was a and the, the whole school team then um, got whittled down to about myself and maybe another two players and then you know I was the, the final one left in the in the puzzle so amazing so, back so really. hell, who do you support by the way my team's Bayern so okay. so if you turned up to a Bayern trial what was that a Dortmund shirt you'd be wearing it's a Dortmund Just shirt the wearing. same yeah. context yeah, it would be, yeah, right? yeah 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 sure. it's it's well as you know later on in my career with, with Rangers Rangers and Celtic um but um yeah it was it was a I can always remember. I mean, it's a great time in in, in, my, in my early, you know, my early sort of like t- career, really, so to speak, because that's obviously when I started. But um, 
yeah, and then they went from there. And I always remember going on when we went on tour. We'd signed that year. We'd signed Steve Bruce from Gillingham mm-hmm. uh, for about one hundred and twenty-five thousand. Um, the team was was we, we were we had Mickey Shannon as well, the famous Mike Shannon from from Southampton. He was he was we always made me laugh. How times have changed. Um, whereas like Mick Shannon would be like never warm up, you know, and then the players' lounge would be like about. 20 yards away and we'd say where's Mick and he'd be because <laughs> he, obviously he's a he's, he's a trainer isn't he horse yeah. trainer and he'd be watching the 5 to 3 at you know <laughs> Newmarket before the weekend yeah, <laughs> so yeah. that'd be his warm up you know and um, even even the stud box would be an old toolbox you'd open the nice. toolbox up and everybody cha- you'd change your own studs for the game yeah. you'd obviously go out and and uh, there'd be a bottle of brandy inside. <laughs> <laughs> so some of the boys would have a little swig yeah. of brandy before yeah. they go out. You know, it's just it's, that's it's, a proper it's, warm up, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's overrated yeah. these days. Yeah, Too so it, it, it's oh my word, it just all comes back to you. So, but yeah, so and then it was like the first game we mentioned earlier on. You know, like so Kenny Douglas, Bruce Gobber in goal. They were just I think soon as played. Um, Hanson, um, Mauro played. Uh, Alan Kennedy. Um, Ray Kennedy was left back that day. I got the call up, and manager said, "Right, you're starting." You know, quarter to two, and went out. My, my hair was just like—I think it was before gel was actually invented. It was like a big, <laughs> big throw. Do you know what I mean? It looked a bit like his microphone actually. And um, all my mates are in the stand. Are you starting? I'm like, "Yes, I'm starting." And then, like you said, twenty—I think it's about twenty, twenty-four thousand people at Car Road. Seventeen-year-old. We'd gone 2-0 down as well. But as a youngster, you, you play with no fear, you know. Yeah, the older yeah. you get, you get you start, you know, you get invited back for, for Legends games and stuff like that, regardless if you're playing in front of like, you know, I remember going back for a Legends game at Rangers and went on as well, like the last 20 minutes, just like looking around and thinking, oh my God, don't give me the ball because, <laughs> but whereas a kid, you, you, you don't care, you play with no fear, yeah, yeah. There's, no, yeah. there's no pressure. Um, so then we got a goal back um, just before half time. Went three one down, came back. I think no, we got went two two, went three two behind, and then we got a penalty in the last minute. Yeah, eighty ninth yeah. minute. Mickey Shannon stepped up and uh, Grobler. I think he got a hand to it, but just went in. And I was like, oh my god, this is just incredible. I was on twenty five pound a week. Wow, that's what I was on twenty five pound a week. And my mum and her parents got twenty five pound a week digs money as well. Yeah. So. Um, you know, and I, at that time I was still an apprentice, so that was the first game. And I was thinking, but Steve, that's right, Steve Bruce scored, <laughs> scored no goal, goal on his, yeah, yeah, on, <laughs> yeah. The, on, the, on his debut. And I was like, hang on a minute, this guy's not going to have a very good career. And look what he went on to do, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so after the game, we 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 got about, you know, it was it was just incredible. I, I was driving a, a little Ford Fiesta, you know, it was like one point one L with white hubcaps and go faster stripes and I thought I was the absolute bee's knees you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> it was brilliant and um, sat there and thinking we got 140 pound a draw bonus for that game as well so I was like every week it was brilliant because the next game was Coventry away at Highfield Road and, and of course opposition not so much they do the diligence and everything on that team they're playing against then how it is now but I, it was Stuart Pearce so he psycho was, psycho yeah the, the Stuart Pearce and, and he hit me after two minutes and I literally flew I was sitting next to some old lady in row Z do you yeah. know what I mean it was like <laughs> oh, you just been on the pitch and I and, and I'd always like I always loved playing against Stuart because he was the way he played you know he'd always hit you for after two minutes and not that this day and age it'd be a yellow or it'd be a red straight away and yeah. and he'd just lean over and just get up you little you know yeah. that's such and, such. <laughs> and um, that'd be it and, and yeah great you know you just get up and you get on with it um, would he have been the toughest player play against or yeah I mean um, I mean look the, the Millwall there's a picture of me, I think, somewhere with me and Terry Herlock as well. We'll Herlock. find it. We'll find yeah, it. <laughs> I, I, he's hit me from behind the camera. He's hit me. I've turned around naturally. It's like if someone hits you that, you just got. And I've grabbed him yeah. by the throat, and then I've gone. Oh, sorry. Realised who it was. Sorry. So Vinny was a um, was a he was a character. Vinny Jones. Yeah, I mean he he. It was hilarious. We played a, we played Wimbledon at Player Lane one day, and Ian Crook who was a bit of an artist as a midfield player, you know, um, 
you know, a ball player, and then Vinny was out there to stop Crook, you know, Ian from playing really, and and he just chased him around the pitch. You know, we were just like looking at him, thinking this is just mad, and yeah. then, and he's got an attack on someone. Um, not crooky at the time. Anyway, we've all gone round and we just look, calm down, Vinny, for goodness sake. Listen, what are you doing? You're, that you're, voice you're to say to Vinny just Jones. Just relax. <laughs> calm down. It's not football. It's a full-scale war. That's the reason why he's done quite well in the films. Like, you know. yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're the sort of players that you'd played. But, but from a left-back point of view, there was I always found, like I said, Stuart solid but honest um, then you had players like um, I played against Kenny Sampson a few times when he played for Arsenal always difficult K- Tony Dorigo just because his pace it, it was just so quick you know what I mean and, and, and really good footballer as well um, the rest of them you know it's just you know nip and tuck really you know whoever you're yeah, up against yeah. you know sometimes you can find yourself going from the right wing to the left wing and course, you know yeah. different you know it depends on what I was funny enough <laughs> the whole situation about when I left Norwich to go to Rangers and Rangers have watched me six times and I we had uh, we played Forrest that game at home Dave Stringer was the manager at this time and um, after about four minutes obviously I'm up against Stuart Pearce I swapped wings straight away because I knew <laughs> scared of I, him yeah I, no it was the more the point I didn't want to get injured because, <laughs> because I was meeting I, I was driving yeah. down to London the next day the manager didn't know Dave Stringer didn't know my agent had obviously sorted out a, a potential deal they hadn't agreed the fee so the chairman had to drive down the next day I remember being in the car on the way back after the game Getting a phone call from the agent saying, "Right, Dale, you need to be down in London tomorrow. Um, it's the holiday in all the post house sure. on the M4." Um, Andy Townsend had gone the year before to Chelsea, so when um, when the next on the Sunday we drove t- to London, me and the wife, and um, <laughs> yeah, it was hilarious. We got to the hotel; they hadn't agreed a fee. The agent said, "Right, you need to lose yourself." Phoned Andy Townsend. He just lived around the corner anyway. So we were woking, so we 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 went round and saw Andy and his wife, and sat there and that by the phone all day, waiting for them to agree a deal. And I said, "What do you think?" He's, uh, he said, "You've got to go, Dale. You've got to go." I spoke yeah. to Robert Fleck. Fleck, he said to me, Dale, because obviously Fleck he was from from Rangers as well. We'd signed uh, Fleck from Glasgow Rangers for Norwich, and um, yeah, it was just uh, you know hadn't agreed the fee, hadn't agreed personal terms. It's just weird. It's just like yeah. how things are, yeah. and then all of a sudden, once you get the green light, moves quickly, straight down. Yeah. Um, Graham had left um, Rangers to go to Liverpool and took Mark Walters with him, and then Walter Smith, God bless him, it was like then put into the manager's role and um, with Archie Knox, and yeah, it was like so quick. It was like the chairman at Norwich had just walked straight past me, and I'm not even agreeing a deal because I signed a four-year contract, so I, I was still on due to have two years money as my sign-on fee so mm-hmm. wasn't even at that stage so my agent just sat down how we are now we just had a cup of coffee and he just gave me a bit of paper scrap bit of paper he said there you go it's your personal terms that's how it was wow. and, he said, and wow. I went and I just, I just yeah it's great incredible I mean yeah. it was and I, had, and I said hey, well, hang on a minute I said I'm not even agreed to, to, to join Walter Smith was in the other lounge because obviously we were still trying to figure out the personal situation personal terms and um I gave the bit of paper to to my wife and at the time, and and I said, "What do you think?" And because the, the lady's first thought process was my daughter was only two at the time, mm-hmm. and um, she just started crying, and she said, "Well, you can't turn that down, can you?" <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, "Oh well, yeah," but I said, "But the club still owes me. I think they owed me about hundred grand, something like that." You know, that's the two years. Yeah, because yeah, the Norwich, the, the whole Norwich thing, I, that, I'd signed a contract, they had that 200,000 signed on fee. This was this was back in, wow, this is this is in 80, this isn't, yeah, I'd signed a new deal in 90, 89, 90 season. So I left in 91. So they still owed me money. Um, and I just bought this new house as well, which, which at the time I was thinking, oh. Funny enough, I've only sold, I sold it just in November actually. So, <laughs> so and I, had, I, I borrowed about 100, another hundred grand on the, on on the mortgage and that, and so I just I owed me hundred grand, so I just took the hundred grand and paid the house off. And, yeah, yeah, and then and then went to Rangers and yeah, and that was all. It was great, you know. Amazing. It was 
hunky dory. So it was, yeah, it was an incredible, incredible time. But yeah, so many different things come back when you're sitting here talking yeah. to you yeah, guys. Sure. You know, it all comes back. You know, so. <laughs> Dale, if we go back to the start of that Norwich yeah. career, right? Yeah, 17, sure. 18, 19, you're mm. breaking into the highest level of football at that age. Mm. You start at eight, right? Just a different perspective here for parents listening, for youth football players. Obviously, going from eight to then 17, 18, 19, and being able to break into the highest level of football. Mm. A lot of parents want their kids to be able to do that. A lot of kids want to be able to get to that level. But I'm just wondering if, if we went behind the scenes of what that actually took. Of course, you have performances on the field, but what type of player were you? Would you be putting in extra work before oh. training, after work? What were your, your routines? Like, are there certain things you did that really got you to that level at 17, 18? Yeah, 100%, because I think even even if you were still training, maybe, I think it was only training maybe once or twice a week at Norwich that time as a kid coming through, you yeah. know. Um, so from a personal point of view and, and the foresight and the attitude, I was so focused that mm -hmm. I'd, I would do, the, I'd, I'd go the extra yard to, to do stuff on the field by myself in the back garden. Um even when I was at Norwich as well, when all the other players would go in, you know, I'd take myself into the gym and, and, and you know, work with the ball and um, and stay out and just do like an extra 50 crosses or something like that, you know. So, but again, I'd had, I was a little bit where a lot of players would have to work like even more on their game. It yeah. came from sort of quite natural to me. Yeah. They, they talk about the step over, the Ronaldo step over, which is obviously very, very famous. But back in the day, I, I just naturally did it. It was like I'd come up to a defender and he, they, they knew what was coming, but they, they couldn't stop it. And mm -hmm. um, so I had that in my game as well, especially being as a winger. That was a, it was a great weapon to have um, inside or outside the fullback. But then it was like that was not natural, but then having to work on your end product. So I'd stay behind and make yeah. sure that that was... Um, was polished up in part of my game. My fitness levels were always there. I was always yeah. a strong runner, quick. Yeah. Uh, stamina was there. But do a little bit more to find the extra maybe one or two yards. So explosive pace in, in speed, you know, mm -hmm. speed training. Um, so, yeah, and that's, that's what gave me the edge. But also as well, mentally, I knew, I knew, for example, and, and, and I don't say this because I want kids to obviously make sure they get their education and everything else. Yeah. But... I always remember when before I, I got called up for the England under 15s team to play against Scotland at Wembley. I was like 14. It was like, and I had like things like um, growing pains, which all kids go through. You, you, yeah. We see it in the academies now. You know, I get players come up to me and, and they go, I can't play today. I've got, I've got a pain in my knee, or patella. Or the, and it's Osgood Slatter's this, this, and you was growing pains. I had that for about as well because maybe I was doing too much as well. Um, I was pushing myself all the time. So I missed the opportunity to play for the under-15s when I was 13. So I was going to play up a year. Uh, the following year, I got the opportunity, and, and it was, you know, and I, but I would, like I said, I do, I just go the extra yard, and it was just incredible. And to say to my, the educational side of it, work at school, I did what I had to do. But I knew, even the teacher saying to me, yeah, but you need your education, Dad. You need to get your qualifications just in case. You know. I said, no, I'm going to be a footballer. I knew I was going to be a footballer. And I that that was, whereas other players would have to work a little bit harder, I knew I was going to be a footballer, but I also put that extra graft in on the field as well to make sure that I had that little bit, you know, to keep the edge. So it was, yeah. it was um, that took me all the way through. And I think that's the reason why I was so successful as a, yeah, yeah. you know, as getting the opportunity when I was 17. So that was good. Who was, uh, who was Cameron Newark? Yeah, Cameron and Newark, what role yeah. did he play yeah, in your incredible. career? Yeah, Cameron Newark, uh, middle school, case to middle school, um, who um, was um, part of the Norfolk schools. He was on the Norfolk schools committee, but also as well, he was our teacher at case to middle school who gave me the opportunity to play two years up. And it's interesting, actually, because we live... Uh, obviously over here in the UAE and you, you, when you have players that come to your academy and they have their school games um, sometimes they will won't turn up for training because they've got school games etc etc and we had the same sort of situation as well back in the day that school football was priority and then they didn't like you playing them playing on the Sunday team it's, it's you know because because they want to make sure that our school team hadn't been beaten for two years yeah and i was playing up two years and, I, and they again saw me as as a, as, a, as a strong player so playing for my sunday team called case to wanderers which is on the field next to the middle school where i used to do the extra training and 
Um, they, they didn't really like it too much. But Cameron Nuke was a huge influence on my career. Was he your PE teacher? He was our PE teacher. At yeah. the middle school. My PE teacher, yeah. 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 And he was, he, was, he was brilliant. He used to have this cream, like this beige Mac on, and he'd have these Wellington boots on because he was literally spending most of his time on a, on a boggy field, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was just, <laughs> he had sort of a, a, quite a unique look to him as well. But he was different class. He was brilliant. And, um, yeah, from a school perspective, he was, he was an incredible influence on my really early part of my career and for the kids out here if we Mm. related to dubai situation obviously most of the kids in your academy dg pro Mm. are are all playing for their school teams what role do you think the pe teacher plays in 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 that and do you have a relationship between the pe teacher of the schools that you're across or um we're understanding of their situation every every student because um we've got um for example, some of our girls go to uh, ASD. So they're at the moment, they're, they're, there's an awful lot of work going and coursework going on at the moment, but also as well from a sporting perspective as well. So they're, for example, they're, they're, they're at school at 6.30 in the morning, their football training is first, and they've got this, they've got that. And they've missed a big chunk of term two for us. But as long as we are aware of that, we don't, we don't put pressure on them because in the day, like we said earlier, you know, that is... That's their bread and butter, you know. It's their school life. That's, that's their sport at school. We we encourage them to make sure they they enrol and and try to get in every team and, and, and perform as well. DG Pro is there. It's always going to be there, you know. If they come up for one train set, they can't make three. All well be it, you know. We have to understand that, and and I think that's a nice relationship we've got between ourselves and not just with the schools, but also the most importantly, you know, your clients, you know. And, and to have your parent to have the parental support yeah. so we don't put too much pressure on that which i think is important perfect that's good that kind of covers the education on the school side here yeah. obviously with you represented your country at mm. under 21 level as well yeah. and did took part in the toulon, toulon tournament <laughs> we well. good on this <laughs> no all i'm going to say is obviously you've had the opportunity to go on trips yeah with your country as well outside of england let's say mm. You've all, we touched on it before the uh, podcast started that you've all organized trips and tours with your with DG Pro as well. You've gone to Scotland, you've gone to Norwich, Ipswich, those kind of places. What kind of experiences will those players gain from going on such trips? Oh, it's incredible. I mean, the, 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 um, the experience that they'll gain. And, and again, um, I've always had that foresight and, and, and the outlook to, to try to give every one of our players an opportunity to, to go through what what I went through as a young player, you know, and not just through football, but, you know, to, you know, to travel into Europe and, and to travel to a different country and, 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 and to, to, to see different surroundings socially as well. So when we took the, um, the, the, the obviously, when I went on tour with the 21s uh, to Toulon, obviously involved in the B level as well. Didn't didn't quite. I got in the shadow squad when I was at Rangers for the, for the England full team, but uh, didn't quite have that extra push. But, you know, when I when I retired after having an academy in the UK, when coming here, I always wanted to to, to give the opportunity to, to the players to to travel. So we went to Norwich, and that, they looked after us. It was, I think it was our our under 11s at the time, 11s and 12 year olds. We took we took a, you know 12 boys back and gave them the opportunity to go back to a club where I spent obviously my early years and some really great season great years you know like you said we came fourth and fifth in the league and semi-final the FA Cup and then to go oh this is you know and then going around this um, the stadium as well I had to do a couple of interviews and a couple of lounges as well so that they they could see sort of still the high regard that I was because I was a local player as well that did did well and then come through the ranks well, you're a Norwich Hall of Famer. Hey, exactly. <laughs> Big deal. Yeah, yeah, I know. And Delia as well, bless her. I mean, Delia, the, who's the, ma- the major shareholder there, you know, she's on record has said that I was, I'm a favourite player of all time for Norwich. So you I didn't imagine, know that, but I can believe yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So we, we, we get well looked after, that's for sure. Um, even to the point where last year we went back and um, um, it was the Wigan game. Um, I was a guest of honour. Uh, so myself and my girlfriend, Kim, we were in the director's... Uh, lounge had had it was a it was a brunch to start off with not the sort of brunches like over here but <laughs> <laughs> so we sit around a table and it was like there was Delia there was me there was there was Kim um, and a few other directors and there was one space there that's for Isaac Hayden who would yeah, yeah. at Newcastle, Newcastle yeah, yeah yeah and he's been struggling with his knee injuries and that and then there was um, 
Lauren Hemp, who just won the, the Euros, but she was on the other table. So it just shows you that, you know, it's company, it, you know, it was Fair a good enough. company, you know. So, but yeah, so, and it was great. So we had, we had um, uh, a week there. We played Norwich, we played Ipswich, we played Cambridge. The boys loved it. They got well looked after. We actually put them into a grassroots tournament as well, which was a right eye-opener. It was proper, you know what I mean, recreational pitch. You, you can imagine. Was it similar you? to the pitches that you were playing on? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was, in, it was incredible. But it was like so cold as well. Do you know what I mean? All yeah, the kids, kids are there. so lucky out here with incredible great facilities, yeah, incredible. great weather conditions. And that's another <laughs> reason why you want to do it because you would sort of say to them, look, if you want to give, if you want an opportunity in the UK or in Europe, wherever, this is the sort of environment that these guys are actually trying there also as well going through to try to get a trial at yeah. a pro club. So. And then, then we went to uh, uh, Glasgow Rangers. Again, the following year, we took 30 players back. It was a great trip. Uh, we mentioned earlier on about half-time, going on the pitch, the boys playing on, on the pitch at half-time. Just a little seven-a-side game against each other in front of 50,000 people. That's an incredible experience. You know, and they're standing there, like, just with the shirts on. It's absolutely freezing, do you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, <laughs> Frozen. March, and, it was, and, in the, and it was like, I think they played Hearts Rangers. They won 3-0. And it was just like, wow, that's the start of it. We played... We played behind, uh, they played on Mini Hamden, just behind the, the National Stadium. Uh, Hamilton Ac Academic on the main, main pitch, same at Kilmarnock. Um, Rangers training ground with them. Um, an incredible experience. But okay. the one of the things that always, <laughs> always sort of like you remember from that trip as well, and this is where you see the difference in where we live here and, you know, the cultural side of it, but also as well. They're, they're very affluent over here, aren't mm -hmm. they? And and travelling back to to Scotland, we 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 always sat down together for dinner, and and a few of the boys went, oh, coach. Well, I get him to call me Dale because I'm their, you know, I'm, I'm their mate. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. coach, but I'm a friend of theirs. And then they said, Dale, we can't. Can we can we go and get some? Can't eat this. Can we go and just give it five minutes, boys? Listen, we, we we're all together. Um, can we order some room service? I said, yeah, no problem. So. And the restaurant manager comes out. Is that okay with you, Mr. Dallas? He says, yeah, it's fine, no problem. As long as they paid for it by, you know, from the She went, yeah, they have paid for it. I said, oh, yeah, they've, got, they've all got their own cards, debit cards and credit cards and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so we're ordering, like, you know, like, all things like have beef stroganoff and, like, filet <laughs> yeah, steaks and this, that and the other. And like, yeah, yeah, incredible. Yeah. So, um, but they were, the boys have been brilliant. And, you know, we've still got players that are still with us at, our, at DG Pro, but we've got some players that have moved on. And if they move on, they, they go with our they go with our blessing, you know. So yeah, yeah I good. think those travel trips are super cool that you're yeah, doing with DG Pro. Because yeah. even for myself, like growing up in Ottawa, Canada, and all the players I played with, you only really get to see the standard in your local city. So true. it's not until you go and travel that yeah. you get to it's see. An the eye opener, it's true. Yeah, football. It's but true. then also, traveling, you get to, you know, have those social experiences with your friends too, which yeah. is completely different. It yeah. teaches you so many different skills. Mm. So I think that's one positive step forward to getting Dubai football on par with European football. Yeah, 100%. Because there is such a big difference. There is. Yeah, there is. Um, and it's just, you know, uh, uh, the, we're actually now going to go back to um, the UK again at the end of March. I think you want to touch on that. But, um, yeah, we're, um, we're, we're, it's just great to see the boys, you know, and to have them for such a long period of time. And, and, and we said earlier on when we were off air about, you know, We've taken the four boys back for trials actually at the end of uh, 26th of March to Ipswich Town. Funny enough, the, the whole rivalry between Ipswich and Norwich, you know, but <laughs> the, the program that Ipswich have put together um, for the four of our under 18s is incredible. Sounds amazing. So intense. Yeah. Um, and even just for the first, and it's not just going back there and training them in their their community foundation this is a proper you know full-on and they're literally have been different class and that's the links you've had with them over the years you know that um um willingness to you know my contacts i could phone anybody up and say look i've got this player i've got that player um and their first day's training is like with their under 18s academy team from nine till three wow. and then they have a two-hour break, and then they're training with their 16s from 5 till 8.30 at night. That's their first day of training. That'll be a for shock this, to trials. the system for many. It's, yeah, it will be. It will be. And we're, we're fortunate enough. We've, we've always had the group of players I've had since, ever since they were under 10 
I mean, you guys know when we was, you know, obviously was talking earlier on about um, the boys of and, and different academies and that. Um, and these four boys have been with us all the way through, and um, they deserve a chance. They deserve an opportunity. Now, we 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 say to them, go there, express yourself, just be just be, you know, be confident, but but learn. It's a learning process, an experience for them, isn't it? Because like you said, we we touch on a couple minutes ago. It's great experience for them to, to have these opportunities. And I think that, um, you know, there's, there's certainly not just ourselves, but there's other academies as well are doing, giving the opportunity to other players. And, yeah. and I, I'm, I'm all for that as well. So that's good. So what was that like from you coming from Canada to here? See, the biggest thing, the reason I love that you provide these opportunities for kids is because back then I remember, like, I started playing football pretty late. Mm. But once I was 15, 16, I was among, like, the, the better players in the city and yeah. we always thought like oh we're so good mm. but it wasn't until I went and took a trip over to Spain and Germany where I saw whoa like hold up there's a whole another level to football right yeah. so it must be quite the same with all these kids here in Dubai training with their local players and mm. I know that's another big thing here in mm. Dubai too with the local players versus the expats and there's a lot of rules around that too yeah. which makes it difficult but uh, it's challenging. It's challenging. Like when you go to a new city, you don't know anybody, don't speak the language. Mm. And especially when you go there at a higher level of football, it's a lot of pressure. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure. And, and, and one thing that the boys will find as well, when they're, and again, it's their third time going back to the UK, but this time is, it's a different, they're, they're proper, these, this is the pro, this is a pro academy. You know, yeah. this is the, they'll see what it takes for them to, you know, we touched earlier on about myself want to do a little bit extra do that you go that extra go that extra mile just to give you that extra 10-15% and these they'll see this with the players they'll see players going off into the gym have their own programs as well um, what they have to work on also as well what they have to eat you know every yeah. player will have their own dietary as well so it will be an eye opener, you know. And all of a sudden, I just hope our players don't go back there and say, "Can I have a sirloin steak, please?" So you'll get the, you know, the personal chefs looking at them, thinking at the football yeah. club, thinking, what, "What are you talking about?" You know. So um, no, but um, no, it's brilliant. It's, it's great for them, and um, they're super excited. The parents are super nice. excited. We are as well as a as a club that we can offer our players this as well. And um, you know, long may it last for them as well. You know, it's not just about them; it's about the next generation coming through as well. Right. So. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's all part and parcel of growing up, isn't it? As well, you know. So it's yeah. great. It's good. When is that next trip? You guys are taking. So we're we're off on the twenty sixth of March. Um, nice. So, and then we come back on the second of April. But the nice thing about the boys as well, we'll we'll with us going to Ipswich, we'll just get a train down to 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 Stratford, with, and we get off there, and it's the London Stadium there, and that's where West Ham obviously play and um, so we'll on the Sunday before they sorry the Saturday before they come back on the Sunday they'll go and watch West Ham versus Southampton as well in the Premier League ground and it's in the, the Olympic Stadium or the old Olympic Stadium so that's another experience mm. you know they've they've seen the Norwich Stadium they've seen the Bintry game they've, they've obviously done the Glasgow Rangers um, all the hospitality is, is second to none. And now it's like getting on the train. It's like another experience, isn't it? You know, yeah. it's like, you know, hang on, we're now going to get a train to go from Ipswich to, well, it's only 45 minutes, isn't it? Something like that. And then walk into a ground, this huge stadium, and to watch a, a, a full Premier League game um, against two teams that have been struggling a little bit this season, you know. I was going to um, say, everything's to play for in that yeah, fixture. Absolutely. So yeah, a, lot, a yeah. lot's on the line. Yeah, West Ham has sort of picked up slow recently but Southampton uh, I don't think they'll, they'll probably be under a different manager by that time as well potentially he's under, he's under a bit of pressure so but again from our po point of view another great experience and that's what it's all about so yeah if you allow me I'm just going to break it up mm. a little bit I found Come some on. unbelievable things online by the way and I want to get everyone's <gasps> reaction well I think it's unbelievable so what I'll do is I'm going <laughs> to fire some quick fire questions yeah, your way. On, Give me on. a, a yeah. snippet of reaction and I want everyone to take on it as well. Okay. So first one, you is this correct? First of all, you played in five old firm derbies, so Celtic versus Rangers, and you never lost. Correct. Okay. Yeah, wow. correct. First okay. game was 1-0 um, at home. Trevor Stevens scored. No, sorry. First game was on New Year's Day, 3-1 away at Celtic Park. Um um, who scored? Coist, um, Hately. I think Coist got two. No, John Brown. One three one. Incredible. 
Second game was uh, we won 1-0 at home. I think Trevor Stephen scored. Third one was at Hamden. McCoy scored. We went 10 men down. We went to down 10 men. But David Robinson got sent off. Won 1-0. Um, second one, another one at, at Celtic Park. With what I think we beat them 2-0 or 2-1. And then there's another one at Rangers as well. We'd beat them as well. I think. Can anyone else say the same thing, by the way? Having played was more than five, five consecutive played, wing, yeah, the wings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd never lost against Celtic. I played in five and, and, and won it all, every one. I think I played about 55 games for Rangers and lost one game. That's insane. Wow. Right, really? bringing it back again. Go on. Rewinding. Yeah. You cleaned double European Cup winner Martin O'Neill's boots. That's correct. And you wore a pair of his boots versus Wales while playing for England under 18s. How, at, how at does that happen? At Doncaster, yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was clear, I was his boot boy. Right. So, and he wore, wore a pair of boots called Pony. Do you remember back in the day? Just a little, just right. a little, little V strut. Okay. And he, 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 I think at the away game, he didn't take, and I, and I, I thought, oh, I'll just take his boots. I'll just wear his boots. I like, and so on. I used the Tipex, the, the, the stripes, he'd make sure they stuck out as well, yeah. stood out. And um, yeah, so oh I nicked his boots for that game. I got... Yeah, got we, right we touched off. on it before, like uh, those kind of values and things with young players today aren't found as mm. much. But I did see something, uh, what's his name, in PSV, Chavi Simmons. Yeah. He was made to clean all the boots of all his teammates after. Even while he's oh, training really? with the first yeah, team, yeah. right? Really? While he's training with the first team, I yeah, think he lost good. something in training. Okay. Uh, like a game, and he had to clean all the, his teammates' boots. There's actually footage of him cleaning, and they're all Brilliant. made fun of him. But Brilliant. So, hell, who would be your, who would be up there as like, oh, I'd want to clean their boots? I know Ronaldo, that's a weird thing. So. my pick. <laughs> 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 it would be like, oh, I wish I could. Send me to Saudi right now. I'm cleaning his boots. By the way, I don't know if it's is in shot by the way but we've got a signed Cristiano Ronaldo shirt behind us it was his first season at Real Madrid number nine so there's not wow. many of those but Ronaldo for my right shoulder Messi over my left and a few other bits as well Conor McGregor and all that stuff but uh, brilliant another thing also I wanted to touch on Disco Dale Gordon mm. that's your nickname I think from your time at Norwich is that right it was it was, a, it was one of a few actually like quickly how did that come about I had Flash Gordon as well okay um, yeah, um, oh dear me. Disco Dale, just quickly, was on tour. Okay. Um, it was not the first year I broke on, it was probably about a couple of years afterwards. And after every, we always used to go to Sweden. So after every game, not like it is now, but you'd, they'd always put a little reception on. But the reception could be like in a, in a bar with a bit of music on and stuff like that. And I was the one who used to, to do the dancing and used to have all the soul glow in my hair and me and a guy called Louis Donoa okay who was another player for Norwich another winger so we would then get up and just do a little bit of a dance in Sweden you said this is in Sweden yeah so it was all ABBA was it yeah it was yeah. full of full <laughs> on yeah so and also as well as step over was always a good one as well to throw in on the shape as go. well so nice yeah well Ben and I obviously half of um us right now had a very uneventful playing career obviously it stopped when we were at um, school here growing up here but we never were afforded any nicknames so I'm going to give the opportunity <laughs> if we could keep it PG or maybe it can be bleeped out in post edit um, on first impressions what would you give us in terms of nicknames uh, Chuckle Brothers alright Oh, that's a good one. That's, yeah. that's quick, yeah. I'll that's better that. than Cheeky Girls, I suppose, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah, let's go Chuckle Brothers. <laughs> well, I'll take that. It's Tweedledee and <laughs> Brilliant. Um, <laughs> and then one more thing, a bit mm. on, it's a more serious note. Well, it could be. Mm. Do you think you would have received a full England cap had you stayed in England and not gone to Rangers at that time? Oh, good question. Um... I would probably say yes, because I was playing the best football in my career. I was only 23, 22, 23 at the time. But uh, yeah, I was. Uh, I would say yes. There was another club involved as well in the transfer, which was Tottenham. Uh, they came in late for the late bid, uh, but I'd already made my mind up. But you know, and I, and I think there was there's like there is now. I, I think with England and Scotland, the Premier League and, and Scottish, I think players don't tend to go from England as much. Yeah, true. Into Scotland. Maybe championship, Div Division One, yeah. a little bit lower. Yes, uh, better stand the football, but um, yeah, I think I would have would have been is given that the a, opportunity. A, a, despite your amazing time at Rangers, mm. is that a, a regret from your side? Slightly? No, I don't have any regrets. Don't have any regrets. The only regret I, I probably did have in my career was leaving Rangers when I did. 
Okay. Uh, I, I was left out of the, the cup final squad. Uh, I just come back from, funny enough, talk about the injuries earlier on, uh, medial ligament injury, and I came back and um, I got, I was fit, but I didn't, hadn't had enough playing time. So Walter left me out of the squad. And I, 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 I didn't even go to the game. I just got in the car and drove back to, to Norfolk. Um, and then in the summer, that was when West Ham had then got promoted in the Premier League. Um, and you scored West Ham's first goal of the Premier yeah, League era. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that Walter said to me, look, you know, um, whatever happened before the cup final and everything else, and I was disappointed. He said, but I was back in the training and everything pre-season. We've had an offer from, from West Ham. Go and talk to them. But I expect to see you at Heathrow because we were going to go into Italy for pre-season training. Um, and we, we'll meet at the, at the airport. Went down there, spoke to uh, Billy Bonds, Harry was the, his assistant, and Peter Story, the, the chief exec. Um, I don't know, the pack, it's peanuts now, but it's about a million quid, 750 grand, million quid. Um, and funny enough, they offered me more money uh, for West Ham than I was on the, when I was on the Rangers. Okay. But that, that wasn't really the reason why I left. The reason why I left was because it became like, I'm um, like Epping. When I was at Norwich, we'd always just stop at Epping, which is only like, two hours to Norwich so it became more geographically I was like oh, yeah. I could, could see the family more you know I mean at that time all the time my wife would be in Glasgow or in Scotland my kids and everything yeah. so um so it became more of like it was more close to home for the wrong reasons and that's the only regret I had because okay. I was I've still had two years left of a four-year contract at Rangers and I loved I loved it at Rangers so that yeah. was the only regret I have had in my career really yeah, you're full of records like that, things that will never be beaten. I mean, like Harry Kane recently beat Jimmy Greaves' goal yeah. record for Tottenham, but Amazing. you got records which cannot be beaten, like West Ham's, yeah, scored, West Ham's first ever goal. I also saw, Did you yeah. see it? It's a 30-yarder. Um, we'll need to put... Well, maybe in the post-edit, we can put that on there. We'll, 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 we'll bring there's it another one for Norwich. Backside from two yards. <laughs> <laughs> for Norwich, you scored their very first goal from a televised yes, game. Yes, against West Ham. Oh, against was it West Ham, yeah. Oh, right. So first televised game for um, uh, for Norwich. Um, I think, that, it, I think it was on Boxing Day or something like that. I think it was like Christmas over the Christmas period. Literally, the ball got knocked down the line, and Alan Knight came out the goalkeeper, and he should have cleared. He should have been out Stuart Pearce tackled Rose Ed again. I probably, <laughs> yeah. probably sat next to the same lady I did. And I just went part, and the angle was just literally so like it was impossible. And I and he only scored, and it was like, wow, this is you know. But in, yeah. then it's like brilliant. But now you look back at it and you think, oh, that's, that's, you actually got first goal. And that can that. never be taken no, away from you. No, it can't be. No, it can't. As so a winger, good. what kind of winger were you? Were you boots to the touchline or cut inside, like deliver across or cut yeah, to score? Yeah, back in the, it was more of like also as well. It was like go and pass a defender. You know, what yeah, I mean, yeah. you take them until on, just get that, you know, like yeah. the Beckham. You get that little ang, you know, little yard, and you whip it in. You know, um, but also as well, they they tend to go in to come out now, don't they? Go back the other side because they yeah. haven't got no one's got a, a, a you know. Uh, in the, apart from Harland, you know, like full number nine. But yeah, so I was outside, inside the step over would obviously, I was just outstanding players. I know. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> as a right back, yeah, I was going to say, so hell plays as fullback. As a right back, yeah. how would you defend against that kind of winger? Someone who's just like, got to take him to the outside. I mean, that's the that's the main thing to do. Yeah. Have you got yeah. enough in you to put but him into Rosette? Dale does a little step over <laughs> yeah, it. Goes yeah, yeah, yeah. Flown yeah. past you. <laughs> I, I was that confident with that. I used to do the step over. The, the, like the defender would be gone, and I come back, and then was you that know, your signature then, move? Then just yeah. Step over. Yeah. There? I was literally. I was, I was born with it. So when I when I was born, I went left, and then my mum went. Right, you didn't I mean, step right. over in the womb, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anyone in today's game who you see bits of yourself in today? Oh wow! Uh, in today's game, yeah, yeah. Is there um, a winger who is a uh, the next Dale Gordon? Mm. Touted as the next Dale Ooh, Gordon. Touted as the next Dale Gordon. The youth have coming through now. Who you'd see? Um, Oh, that's a difficult question, really, because it's it, the game has just changed so much. You yeah. know, I mean, my game was like I said was was power and pace, and you know, sometimes mixing up a little bit. You don't see that now. You don't see an as an, an out and out winger. True. You know, I, I look at I look at I look at Anthony at May United, and he, yeah. and he is 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 sort of dances on the ball and does all these tricks, but doesn't go anywhere with it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, whereas I do the same thing, but I like there's to a purpose to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, because if you didn't, you'd, you'd know about it, you know. So, but yeah, I don't know really. It's it's 
It's a tough question, that one. <laughs> tough one yeah. yeah, it's a tough question. All right, we'll come back to that. I want to, we're closing off soon, but sure. I want to do a game of, it's almost like Bruce's play your cards right, higher okay. and lower, but it's Ben's play your cards right. Okay. So we're going to go with your teams mm-hmm. and league appearances. So I pulled some stats up from Wikipedia, had mm. them verified by soccerbase.com. Okay. So this is what they say. Okay. I want you to say, okay, we'll start off with Norwich. You mm. played 206 league games. Mm-hmm. Did for let's go with Rangers. Did you play more or less appearances? Higher or lower? Higher or lower? Oh, lower. Lower. Okay. Yeah, you played 45 times for Rangers. Yeah. Okay. For you went on loan to Peterborough. I did. Yeah. After a knee injury. Typical. Okay. <laughs> My knees. <laughs> what did you mean not injured? <laughs> I know. I know. This was is... that lower or higher than Rangers' forty-five appearances? Lower. Lower. Yeah. Any idea what? How many appearances you made? Mm, probably six. Spot on. Six. Was it really? Yeah. Your memory's frightening. Yeah. Wow. Then you went on loan to Millwall. Millwall. And was lower. that higher or lower than lower. six? What happens in player cards right when it's? It's the same. It's six again. It I think six. you can change the yeah. card. Yeah, right. Funny so it's that. actually six. Yeah, and that was knee injury as well again. Was it? Yeah. I think you were a player coach at Bournemouth, weren't you? I was. Yeah. 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 Was that higher or lower in terms of appearances than six at Millwall? At Bournemouth, you mean? Bournemouth, yeah. That was higher. Higher. Yeah. Any idea? How many? Oh, I don't know. Um, Just a guess. Has the guess? I don't know. 20? 16. Very 16. close. Yeah. Um, there's one team I've left out West Ham. Yeah. Was that higher or lower? Lower. Any idea how many? Four. It's actually nine. 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 Yeah, my knee went completely at West Ham. That was that was oh, that was the point. Horrible. Yeah. So that's nine. And uh, last one. Yeah. If you had to rate the So Close So Far podcast out of ten, oh. is it higher or lower than a nine? Absolutely higher. Oh, no, there you have everyone. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> I appreciate that. What a way to end off the podcast, Dale. Thank you so much for joining. You're in. most welcome. Really you enjoyed it, guys. Really thank enjoyed it. It's a pleasure, guys. If you enjoyed the podcast, make sure you drop a like on this video. You can check it out on Spotify, Apple, or watch it on YouTube. Ben, Josh, thank you very much. Enjoyed it. Appreciate it. Thank, and you, thank Dale. you to the YFL. Shout out to them. Absolutely. See you next time.